Hi, and welcome to Inference, an AI business podcast by Silo AI. I'm Ville Hulko, co-founder of Silo, the largest private AI lab in the Nordics that focuses on building human-centric AI for businesses. With the Inference podcast, we introduce a number of topics and people of the global AI scene that every business decision maker should know. With me today is Patrick Strand. Patrick is the general manager of digital product development at Wärtsilä. Wärtsilä is a Finnish industry-leading engine maker servicing both maritime and energy markets. Wärtsilä's energy generation and transmission systems are servicing some of the largest systems in the world, ranging from Siberian power plants to Caribbean luxury cruisers. Given the time-critical, edge-driven nature of both industries, failure prediction is among the most critical aspects of service continuity. Patrick is one of the key drivers behind Wärtsilä's predictive maintenance product called the Expert Insight. Having followed the merge of condition-based maintenance with machine learning-driven predictivity, Patrick has played a critical role in enabling the capture of expert human knowledge of Wärtsilä's engineering with the new prediction system. Patrick, it's it's great to have you aboard. Welcome. Thanks a lot, Ville. Happy to join and thank you for the invitation. Uh, so Patrick, uh, your achievements within Wärtsilä are certainly impressive, but it would be nice to know about your background as well. And why not about Wärtsilä's? Who are you? Sure. I'm Patrick Strand, working as General Manager, Product Management Performance Services in the marine power business at Wärtsilä. I've worked some plus 10 years with product management of predictive maintenance, asset management and digital solutions related initiatives close to the marine and energy markets. I've been now plus six years at Wärtsilä in various product portfolio management positions close to asset management and digitally enabled services business development. I hold a master in engineering and industrial management. Indeed, Wärtsilä today is a global leader in smart technologies and complete lifecycle solutions for both the marine and energy markets. Within the marine power business, our mission today is to lead the industry in its journey towards a decarbonized and sustainable future. Within the marine power portfolio, we have an extremely vast set of offerings consisting of engines, propulsion systems, hybrid technologies, integrated powertrain solutions, as well as solutions encompassing delivering reliable, safe, efficient offerings, improving our customers and partners' business performance and competitiveness. So Patrick, now that Wärtsilä is a company with almost 200 years of history, um, and you also work in one of the heaviest industries with a strong in-house development focus, now you're also pioneering in data science and data science-driven products. Uh, can you give us an overview to how the data science ops at Wärtsilä are today? For sure, Ville. As mentioned, we have a great and rich history and in several parts of the wider Wärtsilä organization, we have already today plenty of solid data science work and initiatives ongoing in various functions and businesses. For example, within the Voyage Solutions organization, within the energy storage and optimization, information management, IM, as well as in R&D and, and manufacturing. 
more specifically within the marine power performance services business which i am representing data science plays today a key role in all digital products we develop and data scientists are embedded in multidisciplinary teams developing these products our development follows machine learning operations practices and we have a fairly large amount of models running in both production and with regular automated updates and continuous monitoring. May I ask about the way that you manage the data science operations? Is the data science capability usually located within organizations within your teams or do you operate this kind of a service model where you have a local center of excellence or local competency center of data science capabilities or for example machine learning capabilities that kind of act as a service center to the rest of the organization? Mostly it is embedded into the business itself. So we have integrated the data science capabilities very close to the, to the businesses and the developments close to the business where the, where the decision making and the development capabilities are, are strongest with, with the closest touch point to the actual customer deliveries that we're developing. And heading to today's topic at hand, which is predictive maintenance. And to make it clear to everyone who's listening, uh, predictive maintenance is a creed of operations, um, if you will, where service needs and component failures are being practically sought out before failure by using machine learning and sensor fusion techniques. Um, Expert Insights is Vertila's own product and own solution to approach this problem. Um, so Patrick, Expert Insight, you know, being the predictive maintenance product of Vertsila is the tip of the spear of your data science operations. Can you talk a little bit about the genesis, if you will, of Expert Insights? What is it and how did it come to be? For sure. At Vertsila, in the performance services business, we offer our customers performance-based agreements and lifecycle solutions, enabling long-term partnerships for enhanced business performance, benefiting both our customers and, and Vertsila. And we have already for some 20 years leveraged data and connectivity supporting these long-term partnerships. Vertsila's predictive maintenance and remote monitoring of equipment dates back actually already to the early 2000 when the first ocean-going vessel was connected to our back then CBM condition-based maintenance offering. Throughout the last 20 years and, and the plus 185 years since the company was established, we've naturally built a vast set of references and a solid knowledge base of subject matter expertise. During especially the last five to ten years, our condition monitoring capabilities have been greatly developed. Our first condition monitoring system relied purely on rule-based thresholds in combination with original equipment manufacturer subject matter expertise. Our predictive maintenance offering today, as you well mentioned, goes by the name of Expert Insight. Expert Insight is today including and powered powered by the two underlying well-complementing approaches. We have a what we call a rule-based detection, which is relying on asset-specific mathematical models and algorithms based on asset configuration, recommendation, product expertise to detect anomalous behavior in real time, as well as defining the long-term optimal operating windows. Then to the, to the, to the second part of Expert Insight, 
which you already indicated, Ville, is based on an AI-based detection method, where we have an AI model that has been developed and trained, uh, which does not rely on rules or thresholds, but rather predicts the signal itself based on all incoming parameters. The machine learning algorithms learn to predict based on the historical data. A key component within Expert Insight is our subject matter experts. They are in the center of it all, further refining, enriching the outcomes of both the rule-based detection method as well as the AI-based detection for supporting our customers with recommendations, actionable advice and, and next best actions. This is, this is very, very important. There is a lot of focus on the advanced analytics and, and the AI part, but the human is still and will continue to be in the center. So the AI and the analytics parts empower our experts even further. And Expert Insight is generating, delivering value by identifying, highlighting potential failures proactively in order to take timely actions, thereby improving and, and ensuring equipment safety, reliability and, and efficiency. And going back to when you started to augment your pre-existing uh, condition-based maintenance systems with AI, as everyone working with AI uh, knows, it's often perceived to be so that, you know, you sprinkle AI on top of a system and then it, it becomes intelligent all of a sudden. Uh, but the reality is that you carefully have to select the first use cases where to apply AI, where AI is not needed to kind of take those first concrete steps and then build it up basically like a house. Um, so may I ask about your process? So when you started to implement machine learning as a part of Expert Insight, how did you go about scoping the capabilities? What was your process of selecting kind of the first places where to ingest machine learning into? For, for sure. We developed the, internally the first AI prototype-based elements already some four years ago. And we quickly realized the benefits and power AI could provide and support us in pre-processing vast amounts of data, automating certain repetitive work activities, etc. So that our subject matter experts could focus ever more on the complex problem solving, interpreting the outcomes of the AI refined data, interpreting deep the data, troubleshooting issues, and most importantly, supporting and collaborating closely with our customers for the best results. That our engines today generates continuously hundreds of signals per, per engine. Several of these signals interact and correlate among each other in an extremely complex fashion. So it is completely impossible for a human to follow all of these signals from a range of engines and installations in real time. So here is where we very early saw that AI and the machine learning capability, which are very scalable, can support our customers and our experts to interpret this data and indicate early if and when something significant is, is happening. And going to kind of the development side of Expert Insight, surprisingly enough, I suppose, kind of predictive maintenance is, it seems to be one of those creeds of AI that kind of everyone is talking about, but very few are actually doing it. It would be great to learn a little bit about kind of some of the lessons learned during the development process. So when you started to implement machine learning into Expert Insight and rolling out the first, you know, early versions of the products for the first test clients, 
uh, how was the development organized? Um, how did it proceed? Uh, that's a very good question. And uh, and a lesson learned and the approach we we took on uh, very early in the process was to co-create with our customers. So we brought the earliest prototypes to the customer interface, to the actual environments where they, at the end of the day, should be generating value. So co-creating close with our customer was really key. This is surely journey for us internally at Wärtsilä and for our customers. So we have had a very diverse group of people, multidisciplinary teams of mechanical, hardcore technical experts living and breeding, Being equipment with decades of, of uh, background and, and, and knowledge, working closely with sales and delivery stakeholders, daily working in the customer interface, seeing, hearing, experiencing the voice of the customers and markets and their respective uh, day-to-day challenges and opportunities in combination with our product development teams, with our data scientists. This has really been, been a key component for success the close collaboration, multidisciplinary teams internally and in close, close co-creation with our customers. For sure. I'd like to ask a little bit about uh, something you mentioned before. So you were referencing to combining and ingesting the knowledge of the expert engineers as a part of the decision-making process and kind of getting the best out of both the raw power analysis methods as well as kind of the human silent knowledge expertise. And this, when we work with silo AI, this kind of a philosophy is generally what we refer to as human in the loop philosophy of building machine learning. So was this approach clear to you from the start? Because it hasn't always been obvious for a lot of organizations who start to implement AI is to realize the importance and the power of the expert. So can you talk a little bit about how you came to implement the human in the loop logic or the philosophy as a part of your expert inside operations? For sure. This is uh, so important and critical aspect of the, of the whole ballgame here. That uh, if we look purely at the data scientist work of our product development teams, they are world-class top in what they do within this area of expertise. But they do not sit on the subject matter expertise and they do not have the reference from the mechanical Uh, technical aspects of operating uh, wireless equipment in the field. So finding the sweet spot between the subject matter experts with the product development and data scientist experts, that has really been the key. That continuous iteration that when we threw AI, we, we got new sets of data, new outcomes, new correlations, new patterns, new, new new trends that we could then ballpark sanity check with our subject matter experts and, and get their continuous feedback and knowledge. For example, our AI model picked this flag, this phenomena as anomalous. Is this not perceived as normal behavior? Can this lead to a breakdown? What's your what's the point of view from the technical expert? So this iteration has been really key that our expertise and knowledge has been built up over decades from thousands on of ocean-going vessels and energy installations. So this vast amount of knowledge sitting in, 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 the, in the brains and minds of our great colleagues globally, combined and, and refined, augmented by the latest advancements by analytics and AI, this has, this has truly been the key. That's, that's really fascinating and always seeing this kind of 
given that the loop logics being implemented in the practice um, is, is a fascinating thing. Uh, may I ask about the interfacing between subject matter experts and then the system? Is there an interface where you basically query the experts or like a phone app where the experts get to contribute into the analysis process? Or is it more this kind of a process where um, the experts then later on participate in annotating of the data? It's it's sort of like an offline process where they where they contribute after the fact. Is it kind of online or offline? And that's a good point. So early in the development process, it was very much offline that we had continuous reviews, we had continuous uh, retrospectives and, and sprint reviews with our, with our experts looking at these are the data sets we've been retrieving that we have uh, digested lately. What, how could, would you interpret this one? So it was a continuous loop. Now uh, we have developed a dedicated what we call collaboration app which then works as the, the interface between our experts and the customer experts. So it's an advanced uh, chat functionality where we can provide information such as trends, graphs, uh, sets of data, pictures, files, which then works as the, the platform for communication between our experts and the customer experts. Because we very much believe in collaboration that our and the best decisions are being made through through communication and collaboration between our experts and, and the customer experts. And this is very much also, we have expert insight out, out in the field already. We have uh, close to 100 installations enjoying the AI capabilities already and which are uh, where, where AI is empowering the, the, the offering towards our customers, but we continuously learn. This is a as a service product. We continuously develop, we add features, we improve as we go along. This is naturally nothing that we can develop in isolation and put out to the market and expect it to work perfectly. So this is a continuous development, development process where both our in-house experts as well as the customer experts play, play a key role. That's, that's actually fascinating to hear because, you know, to spend maybe... A a short while on the early history of silo AI as well. And one of the early implementations that we were working on was a product called the Silo Brain, uh, which was basically built as this kind of a social collaboration tool around decision-making and data. So it would visualize data and it would create this kind of Slack-like interface where a team of people gets to interact with that data, collaborate around that data, have a discussion, make sense of it. And one of the main points inside of it was that one of the logical natural derivatives of that collaboration is annotation, right? It's the natural tagging and the explanations that are being created into the data itself. So not only was it a collaborative tool, but it was one of the most natural ways of annotating live inbound data as it comes along by a group of multidisciplinary experts. So it sounds like the approach that you took with Expert Insight is very much comparable to this. Make it collaborative, make it visual, make it into a functional toolkit itself, but within that functionality, embed the possibility to annotate and refine the learning results. That's really interesting to hear because, I, I, and I couldn't agree more, that uh, this, it's extremely important to being on this journey, this is a transition, a transformation, both on our side and on the customer side. So continuous, honest and transparency is really key. Continuous managing of expectations. Where are we in the process? What do we believe we can achieve currently? 
and uh, not uh, going away and, and uh, creating building of false expectations. I think this is, this is really key both to keep the engagement internally as well as on the customer side. And of course, this is huge change management, both on our side as well as on the customer side. So transparency and honesty is, is really key here. And on that topic, may I ask about the, the adoption of this kind of a toolkit? So, and correct me if I misunderstand, there are three groups basically collaborating with the data. The first group is the internal Wärtsilä data science expertise. The second group is the substance matter expertise, which are the people who understand the engines, the maintenance of the engines and every single nuance inside of it. That's the second group who collaborates with the product. And the third group who collaborates with the product is the customer side. So those who use the engines, those who maintain it locally, those who basically get the utility out of the product. So may I ask about the adoption of these different parties? I would assume that getting the data scientists to collaborate with the tool is it's not the biggest <laughs> it's not the biggest hurdle in this, but rather to get the people who are the substance science experts, who are the old school, highly knowledgeable engineers from within Vertila Group, and then also to kind of get the clients to use this in a correct way. So, how has this problem been for you? How have you seen the kind of the onboarding challenges of a tool like this? Naturally, when new things emerge, there is a fair amount of, of skepticism, both internally as well as on the customer side. Uh, that, uh, I mean, seeing is believing. That is very much the, the mantra within, within our industry, that people want to see concrete results. If something looks nice on a PowerPoint, that doesn't impress much. So the, the, the experts are extremely cooperative, helpful, and can't, uh, can't wait getting their hands on new tools and new capabilities, enhancing, making their day-to-day -day activities and work even more powerful. For example, so that they, they, they can excel and bring even more value, more recommendations, actionable, valuable advice towards our customers. This is what I see greatly. It's a, it's a great driver uh, across Wärtsilä. But surely here again that we are extremely transparent and honest in the various steps on this journey. That there is no magic. It's not that now AI comes and, and uh, does all the work for you or changes it, it remarkably. AI is here to support and help and empower our experts even further. The, the predictive maintenance offerings and, and that we've already been working closely with at Wärtsilä for plus 20 years what the AI elements brings to the table is taking that to the next level. It has been a great, well-perceived and uh, uh, well-encountered offering already for a number of years on our customer size. So it's a, it's a functional, uh, valuable offering that AI powers even further. And I suppose there are now lots of organizations uh, who have been discussing about predictive maintenance long enough or now are either in the process of starting to implement some of their systems or are about to embark on one. Um, and I think it would be really valuable to hear someone kind of some of the lessons learned, some of the uh, hard hits that you've seen during the creation of Expert Insight. Um, so is there any lessons that you can share with us or these kinds of things that you wished you knew when you started doing this? Uh, that's a very, very interesting question. I believe that uh, what is key is to keep uh, keep focus. 
and, and look at the, the places in processes, in ways of working, in tool chains, where AI could, could play a part. Uh, it's impossible to know before that what will the impact be? Will we achieve X amounts of, of business benefits? Will we see, see X amount of reduction in, uh, in unplanned events happening? thanks to the, to the, to the predictions uh, uh, powered and enabled by AI. But I believe it, it's really important to keep focus and identify the, the places where AI could play a part. But also, I, I think it's important to, to see that AI is very much being hyped today. So from my perspective, that uh, don't expect AI to, to solve it for you completely, that AI is an ingredient, a component, an, an, an important and vital one, and I think going forward, AI will play an ever greater role in, in many aspects of society. That's that's a really interesting thing to hear, and I and it sounds to me that it seems to be a recurring theme in in the inference episodes as well. Um, is kind of the roadmap of implementing AI's business expectations, because when you embark on some of the first implementations where you push AI into real world scenarios, real world products where they create actual business benefit, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because it is in fact something where you're looking to get the first business utility out of, which is measurable, which is concrete. But since it is the first implementations in what is essentially a scientific exercise rather than an engineering exercise, it's very difficult to predict what the results or rather the magnitude of the results of what they can be. So basically what you're saying and what what other guests have been saying as well before is once you embark on the first AI implementations, treat it as a commercial project, but also be aware that it's very difficult to set reliable expectation metrics on the first implementations before you have the learnings and you have the track record within the system. No, I couldn't agree more that, that actually, and this is, I think this is a day-to-day challenge and balance for everybody in industry, industry working with these things because the expectations can easily go sky high, but you need to manage that. You need to be, be transparent and realistic and you need a fair amount of patience as well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, we are approaching the end, of, um, the end of our episode, in fact. And as a such and as a custom, I would love to get your prediction as well. And with predictive maintenance and with the systems Vertilis implementing and essentially leading the charge in large scale heavy machinery, um, operations in this, I'd love to get your perspective. So over the next two to four years, how do you see the development of predictive maintenance operations, both within Vertila, but also generally? In general, <clears throat> I think that predictive maintenance surely is a superior strategy in comparison to traditional preventive and reactive maintenance strategies. This is a fact. And then the foundation for predictive maintenance going forward will, I believe, become ever more data-driven. That more and more uh, we will go towards data-driven decision-making. Finding the sweet spot, as I've been, been saying a few times, finding the sweet spot between the, the latest advancement within the areas of analytics and AI in combination with subject matter expertise, technical and mechanical equipment, knowledge and expertise, this is truly the key and winning recipe for the future within the area of predictive maintenance. 
that what AI and advanced analytics enable today wasn't imaginable only five or ten years ago. So now, now is high time to seize the opportunities that, that lie ahead of us on the table. And I do believe AI and analytics will play a key role in predictive maintenance going forward. Tremendous. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on Inference. I, I think this was a really good deep dive into what is it to actually start to implement and start to figure out um, predictive maintenance as a part of a very complex, very disconnected um, system, such as ships and such as power plants. For anyone listening, I do encourage you to Google out Vertsilas Expert Insight. They have some great content on the implementation of it, on the development of it, and also to check out Silo AI's website and blog, especially for our latest content related to predictive maintenance. And with that, Patrick, once more, thank you so much for coming on. And for the rest of the listeners, have a great day.